Welcome in to Locked on Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here. And boy, do we have an awesome guest for you guys today. The returning Mark Berman of the New York Post. The man, the myth, the legend. He has a new story that he just put up on Emmanuel Quickly and his mother. And how his mother is like his free throw teacher that's going to be on newsstands tomorrow. And you can read it online today. And Gavin, we talked about a lot of really good stuff with Mark in this episode. Covered a lot of turf in a little bit of time. Every time we have him on, he always brings it. Uh, tells us his biggest takeaways from the first half of the season. Some names that the Knicks might be targeting this trade deadline. How realistic each of them are. Whether or not the Knicks are buyers or sellers. If they're going to attempt to shore up the depth at the center position, Andre Drummond comes up a certain former Nick comes up we'll let you guess who that is and then and then the big stuff whether or not they're going to re-sign or, or rather extend Julius Randle this offseason and if the Knicks are planning on going star hunting this summer all that and more with the great Mark Berman right now on Locked on Knicks you are Locked on Knicks your daily New York Knicks podcast part of the Locked on podcast network your team every day and I think we see Willis coming out there he comes right now Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by CBDMD. Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done. But don't worry because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to help you unwind and sleep harder than the general NBA media is sleeping on the Knicks this year. Sleep PM, bath salts, few superior CBD and melatonin with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience and give you the relaxation you desperately deserve. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code MBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code MBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBD. MD. Alex Wolf here. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. Joined, as always, by Gavin Shaw, play-by-play announcer by day, Nick's podcaster by night. And today, we have a returning guest, one of our favorites, Mark Berman of the New York Post. And Mark, uh, I feel like it's probably been since the offseason since we talked to you. It seems like just a little bit has happened as far as the Knicks are concerned since then. Yeah, uh, if we talked during free agency, uh, it was all gloom and doom uh, regarding what they did. Uh, did pretty much nothing. Tried to do a lot and did nothing. And somehow it, it worked out for them. Yeah, yeah, it did. And, you know, it. it I think that the minimalist approach sort of worked out. You know, there was a big article from uh, Yaron Wiseman in your uh, – in you know the New York Post just this week that generated a lot of buzz with Knicks fans and you know I think 
a, a lot of what was in there was sort of that approach of the Knicks sort of took the the minimalist, like not signing big splashy guys to huge bloated contracts approach with the intent of maybe trading them at the deadline this year. Um, but we'll get to that in just a minute. It, I, I think first I just wanted to start off, you know, you've been you've been covering this team for a long time. This has been kind of a I would say one of the more unprecedented seasons in recent memory as far as, you know, expectations before the season versus reality now that the Knicks have been playing for a while. What's sort of your biggest takeaway that you've had from the first half of the season? Just how much coaching does matter. Uh, you know, the starting five before Mitchell's injury was all, you know, guys from last season. So Thibodeau has been able to uh, get these guys to play beyond their prior capabilities. And the weird part of it is the Thibodeau's reputation had taken a hit in Minnesota, you know, as a coach who was behind the times and dinosaur, not relating to young players. And he has this club just buying into everything he's uh, preaching. And that's the biggest takeaway. Uh, Phil Jackson, Steve Mills, Scott Perry, they all failed not so much in talent acquisition, but they never got the right coach. Hornacek uh, just wasn't – listen, he hasn't had another job uh, as a head coach since he left the Knicks. Uh, Derek Fisher, same. Uh, Mike Miller was a good substitute teacher, but that's all he became. And David Fisdale turned into a nightmare. Uh, they didn't – you know. Perry and Mills thought that they were following the trend of the young coach relating to these young players and connecting with these young players, blah, blah, blah. And Tom Thibodeau at age 63 has just gotten it done. All right. And I think you, you can make the argument that their success this year has probably shifted what would have been their perspective at the trade deadline, Mark. And I know that's an area where you're usually very tapped in. And I know going into the year, I couldn't have imagined a scenario where I said it, it would, I, I could have imagined a scenario where the Knicks would have wanted to be buyers. I couldn't have imagined a scenario where it would have made sense for them to be buyers. But now we're, we're sort of at that point and, and the Knicks are at somewhat of an inflection point in such a weird year with, with, with COVID. I, I know you, you've pointed that out on other podcasts and the fact that the Eastern Conference is so closely bunched. If you're running the Knicks right now, you could look at this sort of either way and say, we're right in the thick of the playoff race, or um, it's pretty enticing that we could still theoretically get a lottery pick. I would assume the Knicks are are planning on making a run at the playoffs, Mark, but I, I wanted to get it from you. Are, are they going to be buyers or sellers, and, and which guys are they looking to trade off the team, and which guys are they looking to go get? Yeah, if they were you know, in the bottom tier of the Eastern Conference, obviously they'd be trading Frank Nilakina for hopefully a, a, a future, you know, maybe I, I, he wouldn't have gotten a first round pick, but maybe a couple of second round picks and uh, Alec Burks, you know, they would try to grab another second round pick and Austin Rivers, they have to trade anyway, because he's, he's miserable right now. And Thibodeau has not handled that. That's the only uh, player that I don't think he's handled very well. Uh, but yeah, it's all about trying to upgrade the talent. And while at the same time, Leon has to realize that 
Thibodeau has created a nice, uh, cohesive group, and he doesn't want to make a trade that's going to set them back. Uh, but they're trying to upgrade the talent level and not acquire, you know, an extra pick. Listen, they could still trade Frank at the deadline, but I think they almost feel he's he's a useful piece now and adds depth, even though he may be back out of the rotation. But he's such a good teammate, he's able to handle going out of the rotation and coming back in in an emergency. In this COVID season, you know, Frank could be a valuable piece. Uh, so, yeah, they want to upgrade the talent level, especially in the backcourt. The center situation could be resolved through just getting healthy. If Mitchell Robinson uh, is able to come back in the next 10 days or two weeks and Taj Gibson is back in the next week or two uh, and Noel's knees are holding up, so maybe they are solidified there. But Andre Drummond is a player that they've tried to figure out. Would it work? Uh, Would it work with Randall? Would he help us? Would he help the chemistry? Or would he hurt the chemistry? So... Big, big, big decisions for Leon Rose, who has never done a trade deadline before. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of the ED, even those inspired by starting Alfred Payton over Emmanuel quickly and can help men, get, help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. You can try BlueChew for free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. That's one word, LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the pot. We'll be right back with Mark Berman, but today on the Locked On Today podcast, there's a lot of player movement in the NFL on Tuesday. Who were the winners and who were the losers? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. I'm going to run a few names by you real quick that you wrote up in one of your more recent articles, uh, only five days ago, seems like a long time ago, but only five days ago, Victor Oladipo, you brought up. What do you think, is that a guy that the Knicks are looking at basically only as a, if we can get him for basically nothing? Because it sounded like in your in your piece, it, it sounds like chatter is that he's more or less, it's almost a foregone conclusion that he wants to go to Miami. So if the Knicks would trade for him, it would pretty much just be to be a rental. Uh, are we talking about Victor? Yeah, Old Depot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, um, a lot of division in the organization over 
Oladipo, obviously Scott Perry, uh, the general manager who has lost a lot of clout, but he drafted him number two and really loves him. Uh, and some scouts do also. I mean, it's about R.J. Barrett has been playing very well. So if R.J. continues to play really well and continues to progress, the need for Oladipo might be lessened. Uh, and if quickly uh, doesn't hit the rookie wall and he continues to play well, it's not a, a vital need, but he would help the talent level. And uh, he could play both guard positions. He's a good defender. The problem is he's injured a lot. But, you know, he he's everything that they could use, really. Uh, you know, Alec Burks is okay, but he's just okay. Oladipo is a better player, than, you know, by far than Alec Burks. So that would really help them. Uh, Houston is definitely looking to get rid of him. He'll be a free agent. The big question is, is it a rental or is it a long-term deal? If he plays really well and stays healthy, then why wouldn't the Knicks try to re-sign him? Another two names you threw out were actually at the point guard spot, Terry Rozier and Lonzo Ball. Obviously, the Knicks have already acquired Derrick Rose. Do you think given – or I mean, I mean, Rose is obviously – he's been inconsistent, but he's had spurts of being really good, and he, he's certainly had a significant impact on the offense as a whole. And right before he went out um, with, with the COVID protocols, it seems like that starting lineup was really finding its groove. Do you still think point guard is an immediate priority for the Knicks, or is that something they're more likely to address in the offseason? Uh, the need of oh, just just do you think they're going to trade for a point guard this deadline, or you think they'll wait till they're off? Uh, so yeah, we've thrown out Lonzo Ball's name. The Knicks had him number one uh, on the draft board over Fultz uh, back uh, was it 2017 already? Yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, the scouts back then really loved Lonzo Ball. He hasn't progressed as much as. Uh, you would have hoped, but, you know, he's still got a lot of skill, and Leon Rose knows the ball family very well. But I think that's an off-season thing. Here's the thing with Quickly, uh, and I've written it. The organization isn't sure if he's their starting point guard of the future. They feel he's a piece to the future, but it might be as a great sixth man. It might be as a starting off guard in a maybe a three-guard alignment or, you know, with a real playmaker. I mean, they they know defensively he's not up to playing, you know, 34 minutes a night as the starting point guard. Uh, and as a playmaker, you know, he's got a long way to go. So he does some really good things, some really great things, especially for a rookie who was picked 25th. But I think we do have to slow down a little and say he's he's the guy. You know, I think the Knicks are still trying to figure it out. And I think he'll improve as a playmaker and maybe a defender, although he doesn't have a, bit, a strong body like Alfred Payton. But, yeah, point guard is still an issue down the road for this franchise. So uh, you already sort of noted Andre Drummond a little bit, so I won't touch on him again. You know, basically just that the Knicks are keeping tabs on him and his situation. Uh, you did also note that they're, they've been looking at Kylo Quinn as a guy that, you know, they're, they're at least keeping tabs on. I'm sure a lot of Knicks fans probably have some fond memories of him. If nothing else, he was a great character on the team uh, and a fun guy to have on the bench and that sort of thing. So what have you heard as far as that's concerned? Is that something that they're seriously looking at, you know, as a depth ad? 
Um, would that probably require them moving on from Austin Rivers or someone like that first to clear up that roster spot? Um, I, I guess that sort of just means like, are they attached to someone like Iggy Brasdakis at the end of the bench? Or do you think that that might be a move they would make, you know, just basically cutting him to make room for someone for a depth ad for the stretch run here? Well, Iggy is a Scott Perry draft pick, so Leon really doesn't care as much about Iggy. Uh, he was in the G League again and did well, but I don't know if he's a two-way player in the uh, in the mold of Tom Thibodeau. Uh, at Austin Rivers, you know, they got to find a, a place for him because it's it's ugly. I mean, they, Thibodeau won't put him in the game. So creating a roster spot shouldn't be the hardest thing of this. It's Kyle O'Quinn. He's in Turkey, and uh, it all depends on how healthy these centers get. You know, they are aware that Noel had missed five games earlier in the season sporadically, like not consecutive, but he would take off a game here, a game there to rest his sore knees. So something's going on with his knees, and he's held up incredibly well uh, since being the starter. But, it, you know, if Robinson's back in 10 days and Taj is back, you know, maybe they don't need Kyle, but he's doing really well in Turkey, and he was a great piece when the Knicks had him. He should never have opted out. He kind of had a great spot here in New York. So the the Kyle thing would have made more sense 10 days ago or two weeks ago. But, um, yeah, I mean, they still are just waiting to see how healthy they get at center. They're not deep at center. Just a reminder, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And we, of course, have been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all their bars. And now it's time to figure out which Built Bar is the best. It is time for Built Bar Madness. Much in the style of March Madness, Built Bar is having everybody vote for their favorite flavors. And man, the bracket is intense. Today's matchups are German chocolate versus salted caramel and mocha love versus white chocolate birthday cake. And I got to say, I have not had the white chocolate birthday cake, but I'm going to go ahead and say that that's probably the winner. That That's a great combo. And that one has the displeasure of going up against coconut next. Now, coconut is a, you know, it's it's not the the coconut almond flavor, which I think is the better of the two, or even coconut brownie chunk, which is maybe one of the strongest competitors here. So there's strong upset potential in the second round for the winner of Mocha Love and White Chocolate Birthday Cake. As far as German chocolate versus salted caramel, give me salted caramel all day. It is unfortunately going to have to go up against cookie dough chunk in the next round. If it wins, which is a big, burly opponent there, cookie dough chunk, really, really good flavor. Uh, but salted caramel goes great with the overall uh, chewy texture of Built Bars, where they taste kind of like caramel as it is, or have almost the texture of caramel. Really great flavor profile. That's my thoughts there. If you want to vote on that, go to BuiltBar.com or go to Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And you can vote yourself and let Built Bar know what your favorite flavors are. And when you decide to pick up some bars, you know maybe you'll buy a case of the winner just to celebrate. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And make sure to check back and see who won today's matchup 
and who will become the best tasting protein bar. And we also wanted to tell you about another one of our favorite sponsors, Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Temptation Island, new episode last night. Things are heating up. I want some odds, Bet Online. The good news is, I'm going to get some. Is they have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine? Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. If you want to save that money, just use our promo code LOCKED ON, and once again, you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. All right, guys, we'll be back for a couple of final questions with Mark. But first, we want to remind you, March Madness, it's only a few weeks away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on this year's draft analysis by subscribing to our close personal friend, Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford, we hang out on weekends, has released his Big Board 2.0 with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get pots. I know you mentioned that point guard is going to be a priority, Mark, but what, what do you think are is the outlook for this team in terms of free agency and potential trade acquisitions in, in the offseason? Um, obviously, it's not necessarily a star-studded class in, in terms of free agents, and it doesn't seem like there isn't an obvious name right now in terms of a star who, who's already demanding out or, or will inevitably ask out this offseason, but we've heard like big names in media, like Brian Windhorst referenced the idea that there's going to be a star, whether it's this offseason or, or early into next season, who's going to demand a trade specifically to the Knicks. Do you think they're star hunting this offseason? Is there a name you have in mind? Or, or do you think they're taking a more patient approach and saying, let's just figure out something with Julius Randle. Let, let's make a marginal upgrade at the point guard spot. Let's hit our two first round picks and, and go into next season with all of our cap space and firepower intact. Yeah, I think the NBA strategy now is waiting for a star player to want out as opposed to try to sign him in free agency. That's not the only option anymore. And the player that I, during the long pandemic offseason, the player I had put out there, the former uh, Leon Rose client, Devin Booker, you know, tired of the losing in Phoenix, but now, you know, the Suns are doing very well. Uh, so... You know, does he want out of that winning situation? But yeah, the Knicks have become more attractive now that they got uh, a star player can say, you know, Julius Randle has really upped his level, and uh, you know they're heading in the right direction with a, a, a good culture and a really, really esteemed coach in Thibodeau. So I think they would be attractive. Uh, but you know, Zach Levine is not exactly going to be wanting to play again for Tom Thibodeau. I mean, he'd been there, done that, and got traded. So. I asked Levine after the Bulls game about Thibodeau, and he admitted that he was kind of bitter the first time he played against Thibodeau in Minnesota, but he says he's over it. But I don't see Levine, you know, that franchise might be headed in the right direction too. But you never know. Bradley Beal, you know, Washington started playing better. The agent is claiming that Bradley wants to stay there long term and fulfill his contract. I really don't buy it. But the Knicks are have that's why they have Brock Oller there to gather all these future assets that they could package in a trade for a Booker or a Beal. 
Yeah, if you were going to, like, I know this is extremely speculative, but, you know, if it, to that Windhorst report that Gavin just referenced, if you were going to, like, try to peg who you think the person was that he was talking about, is there is there anyone else that you've heard any rumblings about other than, I, you know, I'm like, I'm with you. I, I feel like the Booker thing is probably way less likely to happen now than it would have been, you know, eight months ago or whatever before the Suns. Uh, started playing again now that they're like the number two seed in the West. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, listen, I know that Thibodeau and Towns did not get along at all, but Towns grew up a Knicks fan. Minnesota is just a disaster. Maybe Towns will realize, hey, I had it really good under Tom Thibodeau and I didn't even realize it. So he's from Jersey. Uh, you know, we wrote about it not this past Christmas, the Christmas before, that they thought that maybe Towns would one day want out of Minnesota. So that's the guy. And, you know, Thibodeau tried to talk nicely about him uh, when they played the Wolves. His comment was he's one of the best offensive players in the game. He didn't mention defense. And that's where Towns has to improve upon. And, and maybe Towns realizes, hey, you know, Maybe I sh- I was too young to realize what I had, and that's a guy you always have to keep your eye on. Um, and, and I guess the argument from some Knicks fans, and, and you pointed this out, would be, well, we we have one star now in in Julius Randle. And Mark, what do you, what do you think his ultimate fate is this offseason? Is he someone who who just plays out the final year of his contract, or do you think the Knicks are going to pay him what what he frankly at this point maybe deserves and, and expects to get paid? Yeah. So last week. You know, we asked Julius about his contract situation, extension, and such. And, you know, he had a big smile on his face. He wants to be here long term. That's why he signed here originally. So the weird part of his contract, we kind of take shortcuts in our writing, and we call his final year a team option. Technically, it's not. It's a non-guaranteed final year. And that's different than a, quote, team option. Unfortunately that uh, is not as uh, lucrative as far as an extension. If you, because it's a non-guaranteed final year, the Knicks can only bump up, uh, you know, whatever, 15% or 20% from what he is he would stand to make in next season, which is a little over $20 million. So if Julius Randle says, oh, the Knicks control, control it. But if Julius says, I'd rather not have an extension, I'd rather become a free agent in 2022 and try to get a max deal with you guys or somewhere else. Well, that would be Randall's decision to make from a financial standpoint. So yeah, the Knicks can't extend them with a max. They can only extend them with a, an increase over the 20 million. Uh, so that's where it gets a little tricky. All right. Well, Mark, this is this has been really good. I know you had a, a little bit of a time constraint, so we're going to let you go in a sec. I did just want to ask you one final thing here. Uh, the big thing that I've noticed as an observer of these post-game Zooms is that of all the people on the beat, you are the one that consistently gets a, I don't know if I'll call it a rise out of Tom Thibodeau, but at least you get you know, a joke and a smile out of him pretty consistently. Uh, what's it been like 
having him come back and sort of reclaiming the whatever chemistry there was, you know, when because you're the only one on the beat that's been around since when he was initially in uh, New York, you know, coaching the Knicks back in the or not coaching the Knicks, but assistant coaching the Knicks under Van Gundy on his staff. Um, what's it been like this year having Tibbs back in New York and like, how have you just enjoyed it from a reporting perspective? particularly in what's ultimately kind of a, a crappy year for being a, a reporter on a team with everything being digital as it is. Yeah, listen, uh, I haven't even been within earshot of Tom Thibodeau this season. Uh, at the Garden, they uh, put us up on the bridge. We're not allowed on on the court before the game. We go to the testing room, a uh, testing theater the garden theater and get tested four hours before the game. And then they bring us to the bridge. So it's been tough, but yeah, it's great to be around Tom when he's winning and it's been a lot of fun. And yeah, it is fun to see him crack a smile here and there. Uh, But listen, when I knew him and he was an assistant coach, you know, we would talk, you know, just chat and he was, he was always a nice guy. He wasn't, he didn't have that hard edged image, but he took a lot of Van Gundy in him. And a lot of it is an act when he meets the media and he's very stern, but you know, we go back a long ways. So he could, he's easy. You know, when I ask him a question that he finds funny, you know, he, he takes it in stride, but, uh, it's been fun and uh, I'm just so happy he's winning. I think it would be very difficult dealing with Tom over zoom if the team was losing. And, uh, I just hope it continues in the second half. You and us both, Mark, uh, we're certainly enjoying the ride this year as well. As far as having a Knicks team that's actually worth watching every single night, uh, hopefully sooner than later, we'll all be allowed back in the building to enjoy it. Uh, and you guys will get you know to see Tom in person soon enough. Uh, but at any rate, Mark, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Did you have anything that you wanted to promote as far as any articles coming out or just you know where to find you online and everything like that before we let you go? I mean, I just posted, uh, the paper just posted a story I did on Emmanuel Quickly's mother, who's a terrific free throw shooter when she was in college at Morgan State and basically was his free throw instructor uh, growing up, and that's why he's shooting 94% from the free throw line. So if you're online, you might want to check it out. As usual, another great Mark Berman story from someone that nobody else probably thought to give a call, uh, but you did. Probably probably my favorite part about your brand of reporting, Mark. I appreciate that a lot. And uh, thanks, guys, for having me on. You do a great job. All right. Thanks, Mark. And we will talk to you soon.